Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maddie. And, and we're Witches Talking Tarot. And we've brought you a show all about the occult. We're talking different lores and mythology. Yes, creature features, cryptids, aliens, you name it, we'll cover it. Conspiracy theories. Absolutely. And pagan holidays and 100%. All eight of them. Yes. Spiritual living, you yeah. name it. That's right. We've got it for you. So if you want, come sit with us for a spell and let us make you laugh. We are Witches Talking Tarot. Thanks, everybody. Hi, this is Dustin. Just a little reminder that this show is for adults. In fact, this episode in particular is a casual conversation amongst adults, so I wouldn't let the little ones listen in on this one. You never know what we might say. If you're from a country that prohibits explicit language, please listen at your discretion. Otherwise, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Fear, the doctor said, is the relinquishment of logic, the willing relinquishing of reasonable patterns. We yield to it or we fight it, but we cannot meet it halfway. Shirley Jackson, The Haunting of Hill House. Welcome to Dustin Can Read and Watch. I am your host, Dustin, of course. And in this episode, we will be discussing all things supernatural and paranormal. Woo! With me today for our guest panelists are another couple of podcasters, Amber from Witches Talking Tarot. Hello. And Tim from Against All Oddities. Welcome, you two. Yay. Hey. Thank you so much Everybody's for having excited. us. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So starting with Amber, actually, I wanted to uh, get you guys to talk about your shows real quick and tell the listeners what your show's about and where they can find you, where to find the podcast and you on social. Okay. Um, witches Talking Tarot is a podcast with two high energy witches talking about all things paranormal, cryptids, conspiracy theories, magic of all kinds, and tarot because we're witches talking tarot so we we definitely have to incorporate that into the show right there in the name uh, yeah 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 uh you can find us on uh all the socials at uh witches talking tarot except the new x uh that is classiest witches um but uh all the podcast platforms that are out there and a bunch that i don't know about we're on as well as youtube so cool awesome thank you and Tim from Against All Oddities. I'm the yeah, youngest brother of Against All Oddities. Uh, me and my two older brothers talk about also the same weird, spooky, strange, supernatural, just stuff we sign, find odd, like snacks. Or we've each owned 10 or 12 cars, so we have an episode about cars. 
but we try to stick to the um the esoteric or the strange just to it's it's on brand for our interests um where i think we have everything laid out on our website and it's it's more uh frequented by us than the socials which are getting weird these days mm. um chris runs an instagram account i think it's under aao podcast there's i think through that also threads of the same name but uh dorfyou.com d-o-r-f-y-o-u.com it has all of our episodes it has the youtube videos has the audio links and it's all it's all just there and if you send us a nice email to wizard at dorfview.com we'll probably send you some paranormal insurance and some stickers i got one i got one of your insurance cards i love that i know I it's that. so great <laughs> <laughs> what is dorfview what is that what is that? <laughs> uh so we started out as dwarf trottle innovations uh and the goal was to make a website that had inventions that were absolutely uh amazingly ridiculous i guess but not act we were always going to be out of stock but then we'd sell like t-shirts and stickers and stuff with the pictures of the invention but the uh dwarf trottle is the german word for the village idiot and so it's like we had a logo of like a d wearing like lederhosen and holding a fish and a hammer or something and uh you have such the weirdest but fun sense of humor this like dry weird just goofy <laughs> I, I love it I, <laughs> we try to be quiet about it sometimes we just drop the ridiculousness and just let it like settle sometimes what's weird is we don't link to those anymore like the there's one called the whistle biscuit which was a dog whistle where you put it in their butt and it turns their farts into a toot noise so you know when they're <laughs> farting <laughs> And there's no links to it anywhere, but every now and then on the website, like information or whatever, it, it gets a lot of traffic. And I don't know how anybody's finding it. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> but it's there. It's out in the Internet ether for people to discover in some way that I don't know. <laughs> Turn your dog into a dog toy, basically. That's what you're. <laughs> well, that way the you can't blame you can't blame anything on the dog. That's uh, what or, I was thinking. Oh. It, it takes that away. Because you didn't oh. hear the whistle. So, right. Yeah. And it was like the zoo, like the little kazoo things. Yeah, yeah that, that was, thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's great. Oh my god. Oh. So anyway, so, it evolved. So that actually didn't take off. We actually put the website together, but then it, and we're like, maybe we should actually talk about stuff that we like and not just like bury that idea under the ground any further than we already have. Oh, I think you guys have a side thing for that. That's still fun. It's still it's in, within your realm of humor. And I think it can <sighs> you could probably make some paranormal inventions in that way. Tie it in. I mean, I'm uh, well, we're getting. Yeah. Yeah. That might be fun. <laughs> it's not I mean, off the table. It's not off the table. OK. OK. At least we, we, we'll put it out there for a minute. So before we get into today's topics, I just want to know, like I always ask what you're reading and or watching. So. Tim, what are you reading or watching? I brought my reading rainbow examples here. So I um I almost did that and I was like, I <laughs> should not do that. I the good I covers, because I needed to show an example because there's several versions of these books. And I read them to my son because he really loves them, but I love them too. They're uh the author is John Belairs, B-E-L-L-A-I-R-S. And they're spooky stories for somebody that's not mature enough to read Stephen King, but it still has like elements of terror and scariness to it. Um, but it's about a, uh, 
the series it's like 12 books but it takes place in the early 1950s shortly after world war ii john dixon is an 11 to 12 year old boy whose mother died but whose father has been shipped off in the air force somewhere and he lives with his grandparents <clears throat> pardon me and his best friend is a uh, a history professor at the local college who's an elderly man in his 70s that's a crotchety old guy but they end up solving each book is a mystery. Somebody's possessed. Something bad is happening. Like there's some haunted item and they just end up it, it gets pretty deep. There's a like a, a vampire in one, but it's not like a, a traditional one. It's very uh, occulty and like there's a couple parts where I'm like getting a little freaked out by it still. But I brought the covers because the original uh, illustrations were done by Edward Gorey. And so if huh. you see the books with the good covers, they have these little oh, yeah. line drawing illustrations. Ooh, those are creepy. And they look pretty new, too. Like you kept them pretty good condition there. Um, so I found an eBay place and I got all of them for like three bucks each. And I love that when you can get something like that in a Etsy or eBay, they're great. Yeah. So the, the secret of the underground room we just finished. Uh, about haunted pirates that were coming back to life because they possessed a, a Catholic priest and they had to figure out how to f solve it and the spell of the sorcerer's skull. And that one's about young Johnny Dixon accidentally picked up a tiny skull thinking it was a trinket, but it was it was haunted. And so he was being followed by this uh, spirit. They had to figure it out. So it's Wow. It's like scary stories to tell in the dark meets Encyclopedia Brown. Yeah. Or, uh, or like a... Um, Stephen King wrote the Hardy Boys. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Totally. I was well, going to say, Nancy like Drew, that sounds that sounds so familiar. Are those the books that Chris was talking about in one of y'all's episodes where he's talking about like the 1950s being so idyllic? Yes, yes. So okay. Chris, that's cool. Um, has read all of them, and I actually got into them because he rebought them in hardcover. Um, cause it's a part of his middle school that he grew up with. I, I didn't read it until he mailed them his old used paperbacks, like three or four of them. Um, and then me and my son burned through those. So we ordered the rest of them online. So they're, they're definitely worth checking out. Yeah. He, he lit that, that fuse. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Wow. I would have devoured those as a kid cause I loved scary stories to tell in the dark. And I loved that. That one book where the girl has the green scarf on and the boy wants her to take it off. I can't remember the name of the book. I could Google it. That sounds it. familiar. Yeah. It's like, well, A, it's a story that's apparently like in many incarnations out there. But there's one like it's iconic like imagery, like the kids, they have really big teeth and it's like creepy as hell. Like, Ooh. is that a series of short stories too? It's a, it's a, it's one book of short stories. I don't think it's an actual series like Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was, um, but it was one of those books that has multiple different scary stories for kids. Like they were geared toward kids, you know, because it was like, I can't remember the whole story, but he's always asking her to take the scarf off. And one day he like pulls it off and her head falls off. Or she takes I remember that story too. That is yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's like called like the green scarf or the the velvet necklace or some crap like that's that. That's got to be something that's but, been retold and retold, like yeah. an old folklore. Like you know. I would have devoured those books. Like 
that you guys read, I they sound so interesting. It's like it's still worth it if you ever see it at a uh, the secondhand shop or the paper paper one. That's they're worth picking up. They're a lot of fun. We grew up with better stories. <laughs> I'm gonna say I've been I read a lot more like newer kid stuff, and and while some of it's fun, it's just all it's a little too wrapped up in a pretty bow type type of thing. You know, it's not gritty. It's got you know it's stuff from the 50s up to like the mid. 80s to 90s era it was kind of like you know no holds barred and pulpy you know and, and very oh, yeah out I there. mean even I Nancy think- Drew like made my heart race when I was like 11 I visited my aunt and my cousins had the entire Nancy Drew series and I just like devoured it and I would be like so wrapped up in the drama and Nancy Drew was written back in like the 50s or something right I don't know, yeah. but that's the feel that those books have for sure. Huh. Yeah. Well, okay. So are you watching anything else uh, right now, Tim? Any shows, any movies you're... Ex- uh, uh, nailed It just came out with a new one. Oh, you're yeah. talking about the competition? Yes, on Netflix. Oh, I love it. I think, well, my wife and I have been working opposite here recently, but we got uh, a few episodes into that one. Um, we binged... Re- uh, not my 600 pound night life. We knocked it. Oh, hoarders. We went through a whole season of hoarders. <laughs> oh God. So that was kind of depressing, but I was like, well, maybe our house isn't so messy. This is, <laughs> this is pretty good. It puts and, things into perspective. Yeah. Right. And then like a thousand pound family or something. So a lot of the docu sort of not the <laughs> so real. I'm not, I'm not huge. Stuff. At least I know that my house isn't dirty. <laughs> right. It's like, maybe it is just to try to feel better by looking at people who are in like d- worse situations. I don't, but subconsciously somehow, but it is like, yeah, we're reading spooky books and we're paranormal podcasts, but no, I really like reality television. <laughs> we all have advice. It's okay. As long as it's not one of the housewives. I, I can't handle, I can't handle it. No, but I, I do, do enjoy either. the other ones. Competition shows and actual documentary type stuff, where it's like you said, hoarders. It's more documentary like than yeah, yeah, so. docu series things. The yeah. um, the and the um, God, I just but the nailed it stuff. That woman is just hilarious. What's it, Nicole? Nicole Byer, yeah, By, yeah, she cracks me up. She's and uh, even Jacques has gotten good. funny. I love him now. So um, he's I lost think, like fifty pounds since the I series know. started too. I think, I know. and he's got a full head of hair now. He's got like that Netflix money. Oh yeah, and he yeah. I, just, <laughs> I haven't yeah. watched since like the first season. What? <gasps> it changed now. So it used to be just like three people competing against each other, and now it's like going to be a full season of people like twelve, then twelve people, whatever, competing, and they narrow them down uh-huh. as they go along. But the people get better as the show goes on because they get taught how to make things better. Okay. So it's a lot. It's really cool because then they go back. I'm, gonna t- I'm spoiling it for you a little bit, but it's not. I'm not telling you who. But later on, they go back to an earlier thing. They had to remake it, and they can see how far they've come. Uh, we just like, uh, oh. we left off on that one. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, it's really good. It's a fun. I like it a lot. But I still like the old nailed it as well. But I think there's yeah. still some nailed it moments too. Oh yeah, or they're just it, it's hideous, but in a hilarious way. <laughs> I think it's cool how they updated it, but not but kept the same feel in a way. So yeah. So, uh, Amber, what you been reading and watching? Uh, so I am currently reading The Secret History of the World by Mark Booth, which is my favorite book ever already. I'm like, I don't know, 100 pages in and I am completely enamored with it. Uh, it's all about esoteric teachings and like um, basically it's kind of like 
if somebody that went to the mystery schools wrote a book, but just shy of that, because once you actually go to the mystery schools, you can't write about it because you're not allowed to. So it's really interesting. It's like, I'm, it's really mind blowing. And Tim, like, I think you and your brothers probably would enjoy it. It's like the way the guy put it in like the epilogue or not the epilogue, like the, the introduction is like, uh, he basically had a mentor that was in an esoteric society that had been taught like the secret history of the world and was taking this guy under his wing, Mark Booth, uh, under his wing and like initiating him. But once they got to that point where he's like, Hey, do you want to join? Mark Booth was like, Hmm, I wanted you to write me a book with all the knowledge in it, but you can't because you've, you have been initiated. So you can't write about it. I want to be able to tell people what I've learned. I want to find the answers on my own since to find out the easy way I'd be sworn to secrecy. And so he's put everything he's learned into this book. And like, it starts off with like the way that the cosmos were formed from the esoteric perspective versus the biblical perspective and how it's all really connected. And just like certain names have been changed and like, it brings in like Da Vinci's Adam and how really Adam is the entire universe until he gets a body. And it's like crazy. I'm, I'm flying through this book. Like I haven't flown through a book in a, like probably since the last time I read Patrick Rothfuss when Tim and I were talking about those books last year, because I flew through those in like three weeks. Uh, Cause, but I'd already read them before. This is a brand new book to me that I am flying through because I'm just enjoying it so much. And PBD's over, so I have time to do stuff again with my actual life instead of just planning an event for September. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's, this is the one by Jonathan Black? Uh, it's by Mark Booth. It's called The Secret Ooh, History of the World. It's awesome. I am, I am enjoying it so much. And I'm like, just this far into it and it's like this big and so i'm excited i like found oh, wow. it in the how, bargain how long is it books a million it's like seven dollars it was great nice how yeah. many pages is it you said it was this big that's uh hey kiddo will you bring me my book out of the restroom the secret history of the world <laughs> i don't know we'll find out <laughs> look i'm busy there is one like there are two places i can read uh, the bathroom and while I'm waiting on a client who's in an appointment. And that's only if I remember to bring my book. Otherwise, I research crap for Witches Talking Tarot on my phone while I'm waiting on people. Um, it is. That's hilarious. Uh, that doesn't count as pages. That also does not count. Sounds like a big bibliography. Yeah. I don't know what this stuff is. Okay, uh, so technically it is 589 pages because everything okay. after wow. this is sources and then the index. So, but it's wow. the secret history of the world by Mark Booth. And like, I'm loving it. I am absolutely loving it. I can't, well, I'd say I can't put it down, but I'm too busy to not be able to put my book down. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I get it. I get it. Gotta Your mind can't, it. you're like, I've got to focus on this. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get what you're saying. 
So anything new you're watching lately? Well, I'm not watching anything new. We just started rewatching Living Single because I fucking love Living Single. Like, absolutely love Queen Latifah as Khadijah. And as an adult, I can appreciate Max. I don't know if you guys ever watched Living Single in the 90s, but it's Queen Latifah's show. Where Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't grow up with it. so I remember yeah. it, but I don't know if I've ever watched it. Oh, I... I, I love gone. Living Single. Like as soon as I finish Living Single, I think I'm rewatching Malcolm and Eddie next because I love that show too. Um, but I, yeah, I've been rewatching it and I can appreciate Max as an adult. Whereas as a kid, I hated Max. She was the most insufferable character. And now Regine, who was Tootie from the Facts of Life, she is my least favorite character as an adult. Who knew? It's funny how that changes, you know, yeah. you go back and you're like, wow, I used to love these, but now I really can't stand them, oh, you know, yeah. or you understand the character you hated so much. You're like, oh my God, I see a different side. I've met somebody like that before. So yes, now I, yeah, like it's- I identify with Max a little bit more now. She's, she's kind of cynical. She's kind of a bitch. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. I hear but, you. I hear yeah. You. Otherwise, like, I don't think I... I rewatch Rick and Morty every night to go to bed. Um, I haven't. The newest thing, like, yeah, we've just been rewatching a lot of stuff lately. Like, uh, we started watching Shut Eye again because I love all shows that have that actor in it. Because, um, like, he's in Burn Notice. He was in the Blair Witch 2 movie. I don't know his mm. actual name, but he looks like a Cabbage Patch character, kind of grown up. <laughs> um, I really love his, like, he's in great stuff. And, uh, yeah, Shut Eye is a great show on Hulu, but it didn't, it ended at, like, season three, and it ended on a cliffhanger with his wife being like, fuck you. And that's, like, how it ended, and it kills me. And I hope maybe if I watch it enough, maybe somebody will pick it up. You're the sole watcher. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Probably. It's got, Isabella Rossellini's in it. She's, uh, she's, like, the the head gypsy's mother because it's like it's about gypsies and like uh psychics out in la yeah it's it's (laughs) it's really interesting it's a great show and it's got michael from burn notice like i do not know this actor's name i always call him michael from burn notice i don't know his actual well, anybody name. who's watched Burn Notice will know, or anybody knows what Burn Notice is, they'll know. It's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I love, yeah. Well, yeah. I literally just finished, um, I've been doing some audiobooks while walking my dog, so um, I just finished reading a book that I've had for four years now, and I still hadn't read it, like the actual physical book, and I had to get the audiobook in order to read it. Uh-oh. So it's a Red, White, and Royal Blue, which is that gay rom-com that they just okay. turned into an Amazon movie. Why is it so hard to finish it? Well, no, it wasn't because I didn't finish I never started it. Like, oh. I, just, I owned it. I never oh. even started it. It was kind of one of those gotcha. ones I was like, I want to read this. And I was like, I'm really not in the mood. I think people were hyping it up so much that I was like, it was intimidating me. So I was like, I don't, I don't want to jump into this because I feel like it's going to be disappointing if I read it now because I'm just too hyped up, you know? So, and then the movie came out and, and people talked about it, but now it's kind of died down a little bit. So I went, okay, now I'm going to, read this book and I'm like, I just started the movie earlier, but I had to stop it. So I had, I'm like halfway through the movie and it's good. It's like a Hallmark movie, but with sex and 
I'm not kidding. It's just like Uma Thurman's in it. Um, she plays the president of the United States. And uh, nice. Yeah, the first woman president of the United States from Texas. So um, nice. Represent. You know, she's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it is. Well, it's very Hallmark. It's Texas, very corny. So like, and, yeah. But also, like, but it's, it's a, a Hallmark fun. movie with sex, like, that's kind of what a Hallmark movie needs to not be so terrible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, I am not it's not a really Hallmark, Hallmark movie. movie. Like, it's just like the main, the lead guys in it. Well, the one guy, especially, he's definitely a Hallmark guy. Like, you just want, you're like, God, you act like you're in a Hallmark movie. And, it's really kind of grating my nerves, but I'm kind of looking past it because the story is pretty on point. They've changed a little bit, but not too much. So um, anyway, it's Greg Berlanti who did all the um, CWDC shows and uh, which is funny because he did that. He did a love Simon and uh, love Victor the Hulu show. And yeah, so he produced all those. And so he produced the movie of this and it's really so good. You're doing book and movie at the same time. No, I finished the book and now I'm starting the, the movie. movie. Which do you prefer yeah. so far? Do you like the book better than the oh, movie? Oh, definitely, definitely the book. Definitely the book. There's a little, you know, there's more detail, but the movie's still sticking with pretty much everything that's happened. It's just, that's I went through the book and it's, things happened a little bit slower. And, you know, in the movie, they had to speed it up because there's only so much time. So, right, right. so it's kind of like that feeling's not there. The buildup is not there, you know, to when everything comes to fruition. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. But um, the only thing I just finished watching because Max now has a they're doing what Hulu did. Hulu did like a preview of stars for like a month. So you could watch stars stuff on Hulu. And now Max is currently this month, September that we're in. Um, they're doing a, a preview of AMC plus shows. Okay. So all the Walking Dead shows, all these other discovery of witches is on there. I haven't watched that yet, but I just watched the first season of uh, Interview with the Vampire. The new interview with the vampire. Was, was that it any good? good? It was so okay. I didn't read the book all the way through when I was a. It came out when I was in eighth grade. The move, the first movie, and um, I didn't read. I was like, "Ooh, I love this!" So I got the book to read, and I was in eighth grade, and I just wasn't ready for her language and how she flowed things. So I read like probably a third of it, and I was like, "I can't do this anymore." <laughs> I was really pushing myself to read it, but from what I remember, it's. It's definitely changed. They changed some things. They updated things. But the way they're doing it, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like the second or the third interview with the same reporter. Because I remember the book takes place in the 70s. So what they did was they said that he met this reporter in the 70s and they had the same interview. And now he wants to meet him again because he wants him to write a book. And he says, I recall things differently now. And, you know, it's all about what they said before versus what they said now and telling the same story. Um, they changed the timeline. It doesn't take, it takes place, starts off in like 1910 or 1907. And Louie is, um, um, uh, he's Creole and he owns basically brothels. So he has whorehouses all throughout the French quarter. And, uh, that's how he has his money and his parent. That's how he takes care of his family. And they had this really nice lavish house and all that stuff. Um, then Lestat comes along and, you know, everything goes on from there. But uh, there's little minor differences, basically some of, a lot of the same outcome. But like the first season or part one, as it's called, um, is basically it's first the, everything from Lestat through Claudia, through them ditching Lestat and going to Europe. That's where it ends. So it's uh, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. So if you're familiar with the story, it'll, it'll feel familiar, but there's differences to get to the same points. 
So it still feels fresh at the same time. So you're like, Ooh, are they going to do this? And like, no, they kind of do, but they do it a little differently. And it's, it's interesting. I really like it. Um, I really want to see a second season now. Okay, cool. Are they I... making a second season or did, uh, Max sort of botch that up? Oh no, this, well, this was AMC. So AMC, they're just doing a preview of this. Cause show. I have, I have Max too, and I've been seeing it. I just haven't clicked on it or anything. I yeah. didn't realize that's through a AMC thing. Yeah, they're just doing a, a preview thing, I guess, to a, a, a partnership with AMC Plus, and it's there through October first. And there's only seven episodes, so it's not like it's a long deal. The first one's like almost like an hour and a half, and all the other ones are like forty to fifty minutes. So, um, but really good. They're they flat out. I will tell you this: they flat out call Louis. He calls himself a, a homosexual in it. He's like, "I'm gay." That's what it is. And Lestat is pan, basically, um, and. Uh, he basically, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I don't know. I, I keep saying it's interesting, but it is, I can't really, I don't have another word for it. It's kind of uh, it's, it's neat and I don't hate it, but I'm not like in love with it, but I still want to see where it goes. If that makes sense. I, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. That's how I, I am intrigued <laughs> as somebody who loved the original movie. I never read the book. I never tried to read the book, so I don't know what the book And what is was like. great was they mentioned the Mayfair witches in it. Um, and then they had the Mayfair yeah, Witches show, which I've heard is everybody who's big fans of Mayfair witches are upset about because they changed so much. See, so, I haven't I watched know. the show because I read those books. I read those books. Yeah. I, so I don't know. So it might you just have to be open-minded. Just be like, all right, let's just go with what they do, you know. Because they, I know Interview of the Vampire was produced by Anne Rice and Christopher Rice. Like, she had her hand in it in the creation of it all. And, and now of course he's taken over for his mom. And, um, so it's, so at least, you know, that they're like, okay, stamp of approval. We did make some changes, but there's a reason because we're doing it in a serial format instead of just a short boom, 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 you know? So I, I think that's the smart move. I was wondering how they were like, how are you going to make this into like a series? It's an interview. And so, but they do it as a good cliffhanger. There's a good little cliffhanger at the end. I don't want to tell you what it is, but it's, it's really interesting. Check it out if you can. Yeah. Check it out on Max if you can. Yeah, that might be something you want to watch will, with your wife before the end of the month. Yeah. Now that I know there's a time limit, I'll probably check it out before the, before the end of the month. Yeah, I it's marathoned it over the season, weekend. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So are we ready to talk about things that go bump in the night? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do this. So, okay, first off, I want to talk about, I know this is something I brought up, but um, fears and, you know, just fear in general, phobias and whatnot. So what do you think probably starts someone's fears or phobias? Like, where do you think a majority of those things come from? Either or. I don't think it always comes from trauma. Like if somebody's afraid of spiders, they're probably just like, didn't jive well with them from the get-go i don't think that it's like like batman fell into the cave and was covered by bats like somebody didn't like get covered by spiders as a kid or or maybe they watched arachnophobia with john candy that might have like started it or something but i Mm. think just some people just it's uh it's almost like an allergy it's just you're born with it and then you don't really know how spooky it is till you get exposed to it i just do spiders at it's unknown I think it's the unknown. It's the you don't really know. So like you see a spider and it's creepy to you. And because you don't know what the outcome would be, now you're afraid of interacting with that thing or a snake mm-hmm. or even like, you know, people are afraid of clowns because they're creepy as fuck. 
like clowns are creepy. Like they are. I'm not. I afraid agree with of that clowns, sentiment. I, yeah. But I will not approach one on like on purpose. No, like never, never. It I is never. a little suspect if somebody chooses to pursue a clown as a uh, hobby or career. Like, why? It's a, it's a bit suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the thing about clowns and- is they have a painted on smile, but they can be frowning. And that's what's right. creepy. Yes. And you like know? lack of control also contributes to fear, right? Because like some people are afraid of water because like I don't like anywhere that I can't easily breathe, right? So outer space scares the shit out of me because like something happens in your spaceship and you're out of in your you're in outer space, like you will die without oxygen. Also like the whole pressurized thing, but like just the oxygen part, like underwater, outer space, that's terrifying because I have no control over one of those things that I need to live. And I think like lack of control contributes to a lot of fears, like wildlife stuff too. Like people are afraid of large predators because we have no control over that situation once it happens. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What were some uh, fears you had in your youth that you probably you grew out of? Mm. I don't know about growing out of it. It's just you right. get used to it. <laughs> like, like the I'd say I'm not afraid of the dark, but if I'm in the woods and it's dark, I'm I'm fucking afraid of the dark, man. Like, because you hear everything. <laughs> well, everything's a problem too. <laughs> Well, like, and that feeling of being watched and it's completely yes. dark, like it's that's a that's a thing. Well, and if you're where wildlife is, like m- m- we went uh, on a river trip on a protected like uh, national parkland or whatever. So there's like no electricity out there. There's like no park rangers out there. You're on your own. And it was like, I don't know what time, but there was a bear so close outside our tent that my short self could have reached out and petted it. And um, that was terrifying for me. So now when we go camping at night, I'm like, oh my God, what's that noise? I wasn't afraid until I had a reason to be afraid, right? Or until it was put into perspective for me, how vulnerable as a human being I am. Um, I was a tomboy as a kid, so I wasn't afraid of anything creepy or crawly. Like, I collected spiders because my brother became arachnophobic after our babysitter took us to see arachnophobia. So I used uh, I knew to it. I knew that movie got some people. Yeah, it did. Like, my brother, he, to this day, I'm pretty sure my daughters are the only people that he will go near a spider for. And that's only if mm. they're visiting at his place. If they're here, myself or my husband has to take care of that. Like, my brother's not going near a spider unless he is the only adult around and my daughters are. And now they're old enough that he probably wouldn't do that for them anymore. Like, he's so afraid of spiders. So I used to keep oh, spiders yeah. as a pet. But now if I see a spider, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was close. It almost touched me. And- <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So arachnophobia, I have a little story about that. So I had never seen it and it came out on video, rented it from Blockbuster and I heard it was a comedy and that's what it's called. It's called a horror comedy. It really is. And, and it's mainly because of John Goodman. I think that's the only reason because everything else in that thing was terrifying to me, you know? And so we're watching arachnophobia. We're just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. It's just me and my mom. We're sitting on the couch. This is back when we had the old like console TV with the wood paneling around it and everything, you know, and we're looking at it on the floor. And then my cat comes in 
and we're like, what is that? She's got a mouse in her in her mouth, and or he does, and he's just sitting there like we're like, oh my god, no! And he just drops it down, no, and it, the thing comes to life <laughs> and starts running oh. around the floor, and he starts batting it in the air and like grabbing his mouth like no we're jumping up on the like arachnophobia is playing there's spiders on tv the cat's got a mouse and right in the middle of the living room we are freaked out and i had to like mom's like take him outside i'm like i'm not touching the cat (laughs) he's got a thing in his mouth i'm like if he drops that thing again i'm gonna i'm gonna shit myself you know like no and i'm like "Ah." it was it was traumatizing so yeah which is funny i'm not scared of mice or and i am still scared of spiders and maybe that's what it is i don't know maybe i'm just associating it i don't know uh, that's also yeah. taking something out of its element and putting it into your safe bubble. Yeah. It's a whole different sort of level of scary. Um, uh, I feel that way about uh, brackish water. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it. I don't like going into the ocean or lakes. And then my son likes going into the ocean. And so I was like following him out there because he can swim, but he's not that strong of a swimmer. Mm-hmm. And then you just, I was like, you shuffle. And I was just shuffling and then you hit yes. a shell or something. You're like, ugh, ugh. or a fish or you see something. And it's, I feel like I can do the ocean more as far as like being on the shore, a lake though. I cannot see the bottom of usually. And it's so you don't know slimy and lake. mossy and dead yeah. leaves and there's sticks. And I don't know how and people snakes find and, it yeah. relaxing. You're right. Snakes. I'm not afraid of snakes, but you go into their zone. It's that's their territory. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, one time I was for my high school graduation, some friends and I went to Hawaii and we ended up like, and I was, we're like, Hey, they're like the athletic ones. I am not. I had two athletic friends. And they're like, we went on this like a uh, snorkeling you know, excursion or whatever. And they're like, Oh, we don't need, they're like, we don't need our, um, our life vest. We're good. And I'm like, Oh, if they don't need it. I don't need it. It's stupid. Me. I'm over here looking and looking and just looking. And, and I finally look up and everybody looks like ants and they're all on the shore. And I'm like, I have been, I didn't realize I'd caught the current and I had been pulled out to sea. And I was like, oh, I started panicking. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I was like, I'm going to drown. I'm going to drown out here. And I almost did. I almost died in Hawaii because <laughs> oh, I was so was scared. And I finally got back. So I was like, oh my God. I was just, I was so grateful there were no like huge fish or mammals or whatever in the ocean at that time coming for me because I would have been a dead guy. It would have yeah. been ugh, not pretty. No. Um, I uh, had a, I've had one panic attack in my life and it was in brackish water or the, I, so I don't know, maybe this is a therapy session time. When I was a kid, (laughs) I fell into brackish water and my uncle had to jump in and save me. I didn't really remember that until my mom was like telling the story later. And it was, uh, I remember it was at my grandparents' house in Newport news. And it was like, not really a river, but it was, uh, sort of like an inlet off of, a. A river and it was muddy it was brown it wasn't just like blue water with like but it was brown water mm-hmm. and i fell into that and uh, um oh, no. so fast forward 20 years I, I signed up for a triathlon and i had never done one before and i'd swim in a pool and practice or whatever sure and then it was in a lake Ooh. it was cold as hell and then i didn't really know what it was like to be surrounded by a few hundred people that are all kicking and splashing and just sort of fighting in the water for their space to get in front. So I just started hyperventilating. It was cold water splashing your face. It's the fear of like drowning and stuff too. So I just stopped until everybody else went away. And then every time I put my face in the water, I I was hyperventilating. So I was like, like sucking in water. Mm. So it was, 
It was three quarters of a mile about, and I backstroked the whole thing. I just got on my back, but it was kind of fun. And a little twist of fate is uh, there's this lady next to me, too. And I was like, you panicking, too? And she was like, yep. And then uh, <laughs> so I was backstroking next to her for a while. Fast forward another five years. I'm in uh, school to be a physician assistant. And the teacher was like, I was in a triathlon once, and I had a panic attack. And I was just <laughs> backstroking the whole thing. It was, uh, And I was like. <laughs> excuse me <laughs> were there anybody else around you that was maybe also flipping out and she was like yeah there's a couple people i was like yeah it was one of them that is that is and we confirmed the year and everything i totally swam next to my teacher that's awesome that was fate. Uh, that's small awesome world. okay so let's go on to the supernatural um amber you're a resident witch but um so i know you've done spell casting tim have you ever done any spell casting no not in the uh, formal sense as more um, intent based, I guess, things with like uh, certain types of plants or gardening or putting it in a, uh, when I'm smoking food or meats and like the type of things you throw into the fire. Sometimes I'll get a little, little extra with it. The, um, uh, adding like uh, rue or ruta, which was uh, it's kind of a fun herb with a pretty pretty long history. It's also a little bit poison if you eat too much of it or get it on your skin. It actually can, uh, when exposed to sunlight, can turn into a rash afterwards. But Catholics would dip it into holy water and like splash their parishioners with it. And so that's why I was wondering if that ever led to um, like vampire stuff. Cause it was supposed to, it's also um, uh, keep like evil spirits away or mm. um, which is why they would do that. And Catholics, I think do more like, like magic ceremonial things than a lot of uh, than they realize than they would ever admit to like getting a magic plant and dipping it in holy water that they said the magic words over and splashing on people to keep evil spirits away. But I'm just wondering, I think it's just kind of funny that maybe they splashed on parishioners and they went out in the sun and they all turned red and they're like vampires. <laughs> it's, it's you. Um, <laughs> oh, <the dog's> <laughs> so that's fun. A lot of, a lot of the, like fun plants like that. I was growing uh, belladonna for a while. I tried this year, but it all died out there. We had a cold snap and it killed a lot of stuff actually. Um, so I just had the normal things like yarrow and mint and uh, uh, what was it? Sage, uh, just things like that. Like no, more. Um, but as far as taking a sword out into the woods at midnight under a full moon, that's uh, Chris's expertise. <laughs> well then hmm. yeah. okay well uh, yeah i've done mostly i've done mostly like candle stuff and some oils um, oh sure yeah and you know um a little bit of like some crystal like you know i don't even know what i'm doing with it most of the time but <laughs> i try to look i'm like what does this do okay we'll try it you know um <laughs> i try to look at multiple sources so it's all similar stuff so it's not like just one place to tell me to do this and this place tells me to do something else um I, uh, yeah, I do a lot more of like calling out kind of spells, like repetitive, you know, statements over and over kind of, it's almost affirmations in a way, you know what I mean? So that's what I've, that's what I have done. Um, I think a lot of that is intention based too. Yeah. 
So if you're hitting the right intentions with, with that, you'll hit the hit some results at some point. And that's what I wanted to ask. Um, so Amber, so what would be, what do you find to be the most effective spells cast by like novice people like me? So personally, I think the most powerful magic is the intuitive stuff that you do. Like Tim, you were saying you don't really do anything, but you add these special herbs to your fire when you're making something like that is magic. Yes, it's an, it's like intention based, but it's also like intuitive. Why did you add the rue? Because of what you knew about it and what you like what you were looking for the same with like when you're using candles or crystals like whether you're going with a crystal that you found all the meanings about or you reached out and you said this is striking to me this is pulling me right now that is magic like as above so below as within so without as the universe so i it's all connected and if you're open to the messages they are all around you all the time they they come to you from anywhere they come to you from yourself they come to you from other things you see when you're scrolling through the Instagram or TikTok, like you can call it the algorithm all you want. But when the same message keeps popping up across all of your different avenues, whether it's social media or just the in the small little meetings that you have in life, like the messages are always out there. And I think personally, I'm an intuitive witch. So I find that intuitive magic is the most powerful. Like I had bored straight hair until I was like 33 to 35 years old. It was bored straight. I don't do anything to my hair other than keep it moisturized. Um, and when I was a kid, all I wanted was big, thick sausage curls. I didn't do anything to my hair at all. But once I started actually working into my power, believing in my power, all of a sudden my hair got curlier and curlier and curlier out of nowhere. I didn't do anything to it. But when I was a kid, that's all I thought about was that I wanted to have great big sausage curls. I didn't want this board straight. Like everybody complimented me. I had platinum blonde hair and it was like super straight. And it's like in the 80s and the 90s, what grown women would dye their hair to look like. But I I was like, that's so, I was the fat kid. So like board straight hair, not becoming for one. I was pasty white with allergies. So I have purple circles around my eyes all the time. Like you talk about a vampire, Tim. I would have been accused by the church of being a vampire in my youth, guaranteed, like a million percent, couldn't be out in the sunlight, like, just bad. Um, I have metal allergies, so like, definitely could have been put uh, to the stake for many things. But like, I've talked about it on Witches Talking Tara before, like, I feel like the magic, like, and I it makes me want to look more into chaos magic because I think that a lot of what I find to be the most powerful magic is actually, if I looked at the definition of chaos magic, that's what that would be. But it's that intuition that you're constantly feeding with your own desires, your own wants, your own 
power. And once you open up your power and allow your power to come out of you, because we are just the universe acting as a conscious being, like once you allow that power to exude, all of a sudden you start getting everything you ever wanted and more. And like you talk about the power of attraction, that is super powerful magic as well. Like, have you ever noticed that when you're thinking about a thing, all of a sudden it's everywhere? Like you get a new car. I think maybe you guys talked about it on your car episode. I'm not sure. But when you get a new car, all of a sudden everywhere you're seeing Dodge Calibers because you're driving a Dodge Caliber now, you know? And it's like, wow, I never realized so many people drove Dodge Calibers. But it's because that's the wavelength you're you're on. You're on that wavelength. You're thinking about that thing. And all of a sudden, the universe is throwing it at you all over the place. Did I just the, go um, off on too far of a tangent or did I make No, sense? no, no. That's, I, I, okay. I totally agree. I totally agree with you. No, you can practice with a, a quarter too. If you wake up in the morning and you're like, I'm going to find a quarter today. Just keep yeah. telling yourself that and see if it happens. Um, it's, uh, I believe that. Yeah, again, with the and the intention, if you really set it and you mean it, then it it should be able to be something that you can accomplish. Um, I do it with four leaf clovers a lot because they're fun to find. I'm like, I'm going to find one. I'm I'm going to find one, and then it'll be like four of them on the way home or something. Or my son will run up and find one and just be like, Hey, I found this giant four leaf clover. I'm like, Nice, oh, yeah. it's a thing. No, I get it. Because like, <laughs> I would look for hagstones. I had a friend in the magical community, and whenever we'd go anywhere, he would just find hagstones. And I was like, dang, like I want, I want to find hagstones, and I wouldn't find them, and I'd be searching for them, and I'd be like, damn, I'm never gonna find a hagstone. But once I stopped thinking, I'm never gonna find a hagstone. I found my sixth hagstone this weekend when we were out camping, because nice. like. Now I'm attracting it in a positive manner because it's also like intention based, not just your desire, mm -hmm. but also you have to think like even if you're tricking yourself, you have to think like you're worthy of that or you can find that. Um, I recently saw a message where some like somebody said every time they see something that they like or that they want, they say that's for me. And all of a sudden, like all these opportunities are opening up for them because if you tell the universe you're worthy of that and it is yours right now, the universe gives it to you. So if you tell the universe, like I'm a sad sack of shit, the universe gives it to you. That's why I say like when people are self, like they self-deprecate in front of me, like I used to be self-deprecative, like I was self-deprecation all the way. It's easier to make a joke about how I'm awkward and blah, blah, blah. But when you're constantly putting out affirmations of self-deprecation, you're telling the universe, like, I am a lesser thing. I am unworthy because you're making jokes about how bad of a person you are all the time when you're being self-deprecating. And that's what the universe gives you. Yeah, I can see that. You, yeah, I, you're, you're, it's an energy thing. It's kind of like when you're, you know, if you're going to date or not, and you got to you have to have the intent of wanting to find somebody, but Oh, when you're not looking, you'll find it. I'm like, yeah, but you still want to be open to it. That's yes. the point. You know, you have yes. to be, open, even if you're not actively looking, you know, going out right. on the dating sites or going out to bars and looking for somebody, you know, but you have to be open to it. So you might still meet somebody at the grocery store or at work or through a friend or, you know, so exactly. there's something like that. And then I just thought when you were talking about like, you know, how you, you know, you, basically you wished your hair curly <laughs> in a way, basically, you know what I mean? I like, mean, um, I got no other mom, explanation. 
None. Yeah. When my mom was pregnant with me, they told her over and over, I was a girl. She did not want a girl. She wanted boys because she grew up with sisters and she just wanted boys. And so she was like, oh, no. She was so disappointed that I was going to be a girl. And they said, yeah. She, Can you, are you sure? So they checked again. Like, yeah, it's a girl. And then when I came out, I was not a girl. And I'm like, mom, you wished me into a gay man. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> you put this on me. All because you couldn't handle me having a vagina. Well, yeah, that's another thing, too. You got to be careful how you do that. I mean, not not with that exact <laughs> example, but like if she's if your mom was uh, wishing for a girl and ends up with a gay boy, it's sort of like you get what you wish for, but you didn't like them just not in the way you thought. It's mm-hmm. like if you wish for a million dollars, you're like, I'm going to get a million dollars and then your mom dies and then you inherit a million dollars. Like, sure, you get it, but that's not the way you wanted it. Right. So it's right. So I, 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 I kind of feel like that kind of happened to me a little bit this year because my mom passed away in January and I was like, I need, I need money. But I was like, and then I, I really, I was like, I don't know what to do. I need money. And then she passed away and that's when I got money. And I'm like, uh, not a lot of money. I'm not saying I like <laughs> breaking no. the bank, but you know, and I was like, oh, that's not what I intended. And, but, you know, it was, there was all, it was a, it was a thing coming anyway, but still, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it still feels like, uh, did I make this happen? Did I, did I didn't mean to, if that's what I meant. So you got to be careful, be, be careful what you wish for, basically. Yeah, yeah. The lesson of the monkey paw is, uh, it's always there just to try to, that's what I think set, setting intentions is always a good thing just to be positive about things. And, mm-hmm. Just set, like instead of saying I want a million dollars, and just think about your life as like I want success, and I, by success I mean happiness for my family. I mean mm-hmm. safety for my children. I mean full bellies. Like just don't get greedy. If you tell yourself what success is, and then you just sort of don't even put it into words and put that out in the world. Like it just it it'll come back. I'm I'm a believer in that. Like even recent like today. My wife and I, we're not hurting for money or anything, but we're looking at making a purchase that would require like a decent chunk. And then a guy at work got sick and my boss called and was like, you want to come in for double pay today and tomorrow? And I'm like, fuck, no, but yeah. (laughs) So it's like you need some money. So the opportunity is there. It's not given to you, but the opportunity like did come into play. And then she referred somebody for a job like two years ago. And then now he's applying at the hospital. And if he gets hired, she gets like a, a bonus from that too. So and call it what you want. It's that's that's all hitting at the same time. So well, if you think about it, all these things, I'm sort of thinking about supernatural in general. Like so you're thinking about spell casting and about ghosts and about like just everything in general. So everything is revolves around energy in a way, you know, so you're putting the right energy out there, the right aura, the right, whatever you want to call it, you're putting that out there and, and it surrounds you, that energy surrounds you. So the positivity is going to attract positive, the negative is going to attract negative, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and if you think about, so you, we all know, I don't know, I know that poltergeists are basically based in energy. It's based in like emotion. It's based in like, you know, um, yeah, you manifest you big create. energy outside of your, yourself. Right. And that is part one of the Halloween 2023 discussion with Amber from Witches Talking Tarot Podcasts and Tim from Against All Oddities. Be sure to check out their podcasts and come back next week for the conclusion, which we talk about ghosts and paranormal creatures. Until then, stay spooky, everyone. Whoa.